0: our Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. This is episode 31. This week, we are joined by guests Lisa Bueno and David Bass. We are going to be talking about the Texas Veterans Medical Cannabis Conference coming up in April. Lisa Bueno is the outreach coordinator for VET Coalition, Veterans Educating Texans. And David Bass is the veterans coordinator, outreach coordinator for Texas Veterans for Medical Marijuana. How are y'all doing today? Doing good, man.
1: Glad to be Fantastic. here. Fantastic. Yes, welcome. Doing great. to so, have um, two very influential people joining us today. So thank you guys so much for being here, taking the time.
2: Good to be here. Thanks for having us.
3: Thank you for having me, man.
0: We're all over the state. Lisa's in New Braunfels. Uh David's in Colleen, Austin's in Dallas, and I'm in Austin, if that makes I'm sense. Fort Worth. Fort Worth.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're all touching some part of I-35, I believe, or getting or close to it. So what's the what's the weather like down south? Uh is it nasty and cloudy like it is here?
2: Uh it's uh it's it's rolling in. It's looking pretty gray out here, nice and humid and looks like it's about to rain soon
1: yeah man it's like 85 degrees today out here it's super muggy hot um this is this change tornado, tornado weather man it's tornado time yeah oh man yeah there was uh some activity this time last week in, in y'all's area that uh that was some yeah around bro. yeah uh scary situation but um I mean, we're all kind of used to it i think at this point right like we all we all get texas weather how uh up and you know up a roller coaster it is so yeah,
2: yeah i agree for that. sure oh, for
3: man, sure man i'm used to uh dodging tornadoes in april april's tornado
2: month <laughs> <laughs> i was stationed in uh in wichita kansas for a whole six years i was in the air force and Never yeah, still not not a fan of tornado season. Never got used to that. <laughs> I'm I'm I never grew up in Houston around hurricanes. I can do hurricanes. You can predict when a hurricane's coming, but the tornadoes, they just pop up. Yeah. Oh.
0: yeah I'm I'm never going to be a fan of tornado season. Um I was in middle school and I was at a school event and a tornado hit our school when I lived out in Harper outside of Fredericksburg. So the wonderful experience to grow up with. Hey, and Glad you're still here. <laughs> so, David, you 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 originally started this this cannabis conference for veterans. How many years ago? Three, four years ago? Um,
3: well, we had our first. Veterans medical cannabis seminar in the history of the state of Texas at the George Washington Carver Library in Austin in 2014. Uh, was our very first one, and we've had quite a few since then. Wow,
1: I was way off. What was that first? What was that first meeting like? How was what was that experience like in 2014 versus now? Well, um, Texas Normal sponsored the veteran
3: event, and uh, so we went down to George Washington Carver Library. They said we were welcome to have it there. Uh, they gave us a room. Uh, that seated 85 people. Uh, and so we advertised on social media, uh, put out uh, uh, a community announcement in the Austin newspaper. Um, we weren't sophisticated enough back then to be doing press releases. Uh, but uh, I didn't know if anybody would actually show up. And uh, on, we had fantastic speakers lined up. And on the day of the conference, 85 veterans walked through the door. And uh, I was really curious who these veterans were. And so I did a veteran roll call, uh, starting with the most recent wars. I asked uh, for the veterans of Iraq and Afghanistan to stand up and a bunch of young guys stood up. And then I stepped my way back through every conflict that we've had Uh, We got to the Vietnam War, and the largest group of veterans stood up. They were Vietnam War veterans. And then I asked if we had any Korean War veterans, and two elderly veterans stood up in the back of the room. And I was astounded and honored. Uh, We were all honored to have two Korean War veterans there. Uh, and I uh, I knew then uh, that we could build a really strong veterans movement in Texas that would be unstoppable uh, because of all these veterans that just saw something about a medical cannabis conference. We called it Medical Marijuana Seminar back then. And here they were. They showed up. Uh, so I knew uh, that veterans in Texas were interested in medical cannabis.
0: And Lisa, you just started going to legislative sessions this last session, correct?
2: Correct. This was my my first one out. Yep. How did when you
0: I... how did you get wrangled into this as a veteran?
2: Um actually uh, following Dave's stuff on uh Texas Veterans for Medical Marijuana. Um I just started got on uh social media and started looking up different uh, cannabis uh organizations and on Texas Normal um and then from there, found Texas Veterans for Medical Marijuana, found the Collective, uh, found uh, Texans for Responsible Marijuana Policy, fit. You know, found you know, got into the mix with everybody, and uh, just started showing up at events. Um, in 2018 or 19, I believe, it was when the the I met Dave um, at the New Braunfels Veterans Day Parade. Um, that was my first time out, um, and then I've just kind of been been around it ever since. Yeah. And then just, uh, went out to the Capitol that first time this, uh, this past legislative session, uh, just saw one of, uh, Heather's, uh, action alerts and just showed up. Yeah.
1: The dynamic at the Capitol this past session was, was quite unique I think to what we've experienced in the past and what we'll probably experience in the future, uh, with COVID yeah, in the mix. And then on top of that, some of the, um, domestic situations regarding uh safety at the capitol building so uh, it was a very <laughs> it was i i would say uh this was the emptiest i'd ever seen the capitol especially on day one um but going through um just the process uh, there was uh, far less people because of the pandemic and so it made for a very, very interesting legislative session in 21. And so I'm not quite sure what we're going to see in 23, but hopefully it's not as um, chaotic <laughs> and crazy.
2: Anyway, I learned a lot this first year, for sure. It was um, very eye-opening to be out there and see the whole process in action. So, but I enjoyed it.
0: David, when you first started doing this, like, what was the experience for you going to the Capitol to meet with people and talk to them about what was going on with marijuana laws in Texas.
3: My first legislative session was 2013. I joined Texas Normal in 2012 and became the veteran outreach director in 2013. And so, um, uh, our uh, my first mission that I was given by Texas Normal was that Texas Normal asked for people in every house district in the entire state of Texas uh, to contact Texas Normal. They sent us a packet of scientific information about medical cannabis and a little book about medical cannabis uh, and asked us to deliver this package personally uh, to our house representative. And so I went to the Capitol for the very first time. Uh, I had never been to the Capitol. I, um, my, my representative was Jimmy Don Aycock, a very conservative Republican. And um, I went to the Capitol. I went to his office. Um, his wife, uh, who kind of ran the office for him, said, uh, Jimmy's in, Jimmy Don's in a committee meeting. Uh, but she said, I'll be happy to talk to you. So uh, Jimmy Don Aycock's wife sat down. And that was the very first time that I ever talked to anybody at the Capitol about medical cannabis. Uh, And it was a wonderful, uplifting experience. She was very kind, Uh, but then, and she said, I'm gonna put this packet on Jimmy Don's desk so he sees it when he comes in. Uh, And so, but then I found out that later, uh, Jimmy Don Acock did not want to hear the word marijuana in his office. His wife was a lot more open-minded than than he was. And so for that entire legislative session, Jimmy Don Acock actively avoided me and refused to meet with me uh, or talk to me or even allow any of his aides to talk to me about medical cannabis. In fact, uh, if he saw me coming down the hallway, he would duck down one of those side hallways and disappear Uh, into some office. He was actively avoiding me. He did not want to talk about medical cannabis. And so that was not unusual. In in 2013, uh, legislators
1: did not want to discuss this issue uh, at all. How is that? How do you think that has changed? I mean, obviously, nine years later, where we're at now, uh, there's just so much has drastically changed. Uh, the, con- the dynamics around the country have drastically changed. Uh, the legislature itself, uh, the attitudes towards cannabis has changed. Um, what, is that, what does that look like now for you when you go to the Capitol? How, uh, how, how are you uh, received when you go talk to legislators?
3: Now, you know, we're welcome into almost every office to talk about medical cannabis. And back in 2013, uh, Cheyenne G. Weldon, the executive director of Texas Normal, and Jack James, uh, the um, deputy director of Texas Normal, they were preaching a very important message to all of us. They said, let's break the stigma. Let's get rid of this stigma that when we walk into legislators' offices to talk about cannabis, uh, that they see Cheech and Chong. We don't want them to see Cheech and Chong as much as we love Cheech and Chong. What, what we want our legislators to see are law-abiding, hard-working, family, people, Texans, uh, coming in, making rational, logical arguments Uh, why we need to reform cannabis laws in Texas. So they said, let's not go in and uh, reinforce the stereotype of crazy stoners in Texas. Uh, Let's break the stereotype. Let's change the stereotype. And uh, thanks to all of us, we've done that. Uh, When we go to the Capitol now, uh, we are respected because uh, our legislators know uh, we are, regular texans hard-working family people uh, making logical arguments about reforming cannabis more
0: how was that for you lisa when you first started off how did it was it feeling the first time walking the halls of the capitol to go to legislators offices
2: um honestly it was uh it was intimidating at first uh, i was totally out of my element something that i would never do in the past um but I just decided it was time to get off the sidelines. So I just showed up and um, um, I met you the first day, Jesse. I also met uh, Sean, Sean Meredith. Uh, He took me around that first day and showed me the ropes. And uh, we went into knocking on some doors um, into the representative's offices. Um, And then uh, went around uh, with Jax, Jax James. So definitely a good mentor to start out with to learn from, to learn the ropes from, from the beginning. So I just tried to, sit back and really just, just watch and observe, um, from the veterans, you know, that have been in the game for a while and, and see how you guys approach everything and, and just try to take everything in. Um, I like to sit back and observe and, and try to absorb things before I jump in there. And, um, so yeah, um, it was, it was intimidating. Uh, but like I said, I, I learned a lot and uh, I'm glad I did it. Um, uh, and I'll be, be ready for, for the next session.
0: I would, I would say the same for myself. It was the first time going up there to actually hand out things like the first office was intimidating and then seeing how the response came back was like oh this this is this will be easier than i thought it would be and it comes down to like what david said was to me it was there's a pitch it's a sales pitch you're trying to convince them to buy your argument and it's like we have sound and reason and we want you to become Extent emotionally attached to us because we are everyday people and we matter. And by like the third week, I was just I was ready to go in. I was like, "All right, I got this. I can Same. do this." Yeah. <laughs> y'all, y'all yeah. come with me. Watch, watch this. This this doesn't have to be hard.
1: Uh, you know, and uh, yeah, I I can definitely sympathize with that. In 2017 was my first like real action at the Capitol. Uh, I, what I did find encouraging, though, is that as we were going into uh, legislators' offices, whether they were uh, re- uh, representatives or senators, most of the staff is very young, uh, very young True. people, and uh, these are typically um, people that are tend to be more receptive to the conversations about cannabis. Uh, so I found it very. Um, encouraging to talk to some of these young people it was able to facilitate conversations through young people to the legislators so uh and it feels like that is more and more um accepted as we we move forward
0: we're going to go into our first sponsor break here at the lone star collective i'm your host jesse williams joined by co-host austin zamhareri this is episode 31 our guests this week lisa bueno and david bass we will be right back Face down in the
2: moment, waiting to
4: let go. Austinite Cannabis Company is an Austin, Texas, locally owned and family operated producer and seller of handcrafted cannabis products such as CBD, CBG, CBN, and Delta-8 made from hemp in Austin, Texas. Their selection of products includes beauty products, concentrates, edibles, merch, pet supplies, pre-rolls, tinctures, topicals, and accessories. For more information, visit austinitecannabis.co or you can visit their storefront location at 2009 East Cesar Chavez Street in Austin, Texas.
0: Texas Cannabis Collective now has a Patreon account for those looking to make recurring donations to the nonprofit and advance cannabis legalization in the state of Texas. Perks include having your name on the credits of our podcast videos, access to exclusive content online, shout outs on the recording of the podcast and the title of Being Cool Like That, Basic perks cost less than one cup of Starbucks a month and help to make a change in Texas. Visit patreon.com forward slash TX Cannabis Collective for more information.
4: Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective podcast, distributed
5: on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Facebook, and
1: much more to give Texans information regarding policy, industry, and culture.
5: Here is this week's host, Jesse Williams and Austin Hariri.
0: Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams, joined by co-host Austin Zamrari. Our guest this week, Lisa Bueno of Vet Coalition and David Bass of Texas Veterans for Medical Marijuana. We were just discussing about going into legislators' offices and how the the staff seems to be more receptive at times than the the actual representative or senator we're having to talk to and give information to. And I can can attest to the same thing um, going into Donna Campbell's office. Uh, her staffers were very receptive this last session, despite she was not very receptive to the, the concentrates change.
2: No, no, she said she isn't ready for that. She's not quite there on the issue Is uh, or were the words that she, she told me um, when I met her a couple months ago.
1: Are you talking about, um, are you talking about as far as the penalties reduction on concentrates, Moody's bill?
2: uh she's just period on on cannabis she seems hard uh um she wouldn't even she didn't even want to hear medical so if she didn't want to hear anything about medical she wasn't going to want to hear anything about uh penalty reduction
0: yeah her her staff when i talked to them one of them had even told me that they had tried highlighting the issue that probably everybody in the office had some sort of vape pen, even if it was a cbd vape pen. And that, if they got pulled over, they were likely going to be facing felony charges, and that the response was kind of like don't care, maybe you shouldn't do that, <laughs>
2: okay. that sounds, well, sounds like
0: her
1: represent uh, Senator Campbell um, you know in two thousand and nineteen on the Senate floor had some had some unsavory statistics to present, and I think um, in retrospect as we've moved forward, have not um <clears throat> have not aged well, if you will. And so she may be trying to just kind of inch away from uh, the whole conversation altogether. But um, I know that she did she did support the uh, expansion bill 3709 back in 2019. And she did vote for 15, is it, was it 1525? 15, 1535, 15, yes. 35. All mixed up. Uh, so, she, you know, Senator Campbell on the outside, I think it doesn't want to maybe be a, on a leadership side when it comes to cannabis reform. Um, but I think that from a medical standpoint, the, the votes are there if um, <clears throat> we can maneuver through the Senate. And I think we all understand how maneuvering through the Senate works. So without saying the big, you know, the big name.
0: <laughs> well, let's let's get into explicitly talking about this year's Texas Veterans Medical Cannabis Conference um, that's taking place at the Clean Civic and Conference Center, correct, David?
3: Yes, it's a beautiful venue. Uh, this is actually our second um, medical cannabis seminar. Uh, we had a, a medical cannabis seminar at the Clean Civic and Conference Center back in 2015. Uh, we had 100 veterans show up. Uh, we had fantastic media coverage. Uh, and so I, I'm looking forward to uh, the same turnout or larger uh, this time. And I've been sending out our press release uh, to the local media and media down in Austin. Uh, so I'm hoping we'll get good media coverage again. Uh, and it's going to be a fantastic conference from uh, 10 a.m uh, to 3:30 pm. A- and we have some wonderful speakers lined up. And, and one thing I'm most excited, Uh, is Mitch Fuller, uh, who represents uh, the Veterans of Foreign Wars in Texas. Uh, He is the head of their their, uh, National Legislative Committee uh, that works on national legislation. And uh, he is going to come speak uh, and he is going to state why the Texas Veterans of Foreign Wars support a whole plant medical cannabis program in the state of Texas. That's very important for us, uh, something we've been working on for many years.
0: I wish the the disabled American veterans, state level and national level, would, would talk exactly like that, because my local chapter sure won't.
3: Yes, uh, disabled American veterans are, are a little bit uh, harder uh, at the state level, but uh, they're not against it, uh, and neither is the American Legion. Uh, so I think uh, with VFW leading the way, uh, the American Legion and disabled American veterans will will not be too far behind.
0: Yeah, there's there's slowly some change coming with them. And Mitch, Mitch is a he's a great guy. I was glad I got to meet him this last session at the Capitol and get to have a couple of discussions with him. And he's definitely the guy to know now that I, I've I've met him and seen the capacity he has and what he does at the Capitol. Definitely the guy to be connected to as far as veterans go on this issue, in in my personal opinion.
3: And I'm a member of his chapter in Leander, and they have a Delta-8 vending machine right there in the VFW. That's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's wonderful. I I go there and I see the veterans come in. They'll go straight to the vending machine, get their Delta-8, put it in their pocket, take it home with them. And, And they're very happy with it.
1: Who are uh, maybe, uh, can you highlight some of the other speakers that will also be attending as well? Uh, One of our featured speakers will be Representative
3: Brad Buckley, who's our local house representative. Uh, Representative Buckley is a very conservative Republican. uh, And uh, uh, me and Jason Walker and April Martinez uh, met with him after he was elected um, two sessions ago. And uh, he graciously met with us. And uh, we took him uh, some facts and, and a fact sheet and uh, asked him uh, to support a whole plant medical cannabis bill uh, in the Texas House. Uh, and he sat there and listened quietly and politely to a, to each, each of the three of us as we talked about uh, why veterans need medical cannabis in Texas. And when we finished, he said, OK, you have my support. He said, I believe in medical cannabis. And we were shocked. That's not exactly what we expected him to say. But it turns out uh, that he has some friends, close friends and family members uh, who had been talking to him about CBD products and how these CBD products were helping them. And so the the, CBD and legalizing hemp uh, was the pathway uh, for Representative Brad Buckley Uh, to find himself in support of a medical cannabis program in Texas. Uh, And he told us, he complimented us. He said, now, I want to tell y'all, this is exactly uh, how it's done. This is how you should be approaching legislators. You're well-dressed, you're professional, you're well-prepared. You have facts, you have some medical documents for me to look at. Uh, And ever since then, we've had his support not only for a whole plant medical cannabis, but last session, uh, he voted in favor of, of the decrim bills. Uh, and so now we have a, a very conservative Republican, uh, Representative Brad Buckley, in favor of decrim because he came around to understand uh, that the people in his district uh, do not believe uh, that uh, that uh, they should be arrested uh, for possessing cannabis. They don't want their 18-year-old kids arrested for possessing cannabis, uh, and so uh, he wasn't for it when we first talked to him. He was for medical, but not decrim. And then uh, the next session, there he was voting yes for decrim. So to me, uh, that's how that's how we uh, achieve victory in Texas, just incrementally by being very professional uh when we approach our legislators and being
0: patient. Lisa, who's who's your representative where you're at in New Braunfels?
2: Uh John Kemple.
0: Has has he been receptive? Um would you say that he's been kind of lukewarm on the topic?
2: You know, to be honest, I I honestly don't know. You know. Yeah, I'll be honest. Yeah, I uh I, I don't know I owe Donna Campbell, and uh, that's about who I keep up with here. So, that, yeah, I, I got to be honest. I'm saying, I we both
0: share the same senator, Donna Campbell. I won't after th- this next election because um, of the district changes, uh, the redistricting, the maps. Um, and she was receptive to me when I came in in 2019. And then I said a moment ago that kind of changed around. My representative though on the flip side is Vicki Goodwin. And Vicky Goodwin has been very receptive about this, and very opening to listen to what we have to say, and take care. take care of things and specific angles we're needing to look at. Like, um, how we had the the concept of, uh, I guess, like DSHS at being able to add conditions to the the list of medical conditions that are approved. That got removed in 2019. It got put back in the bill this time, and like I was like, this is the one thing, please fight to keep this in the bill this is this is an essential component to this bill this time and she's like oh okay i agree we shouldn't be having to go over this every two years when health professionals should be doing this so she has been very receptive to these concepts that we've been putting forward as long as we put forward like you say logic and fact with it um i did want to ask david you know so much about this conference center How many people can we fit in this conference center? What's the max? Uh,
3: I believe that we can fit uh, up to 200 people easy. Um, We're we're setting up the chairs with a little bit of space between them because we are still in the pandemic. Uh, But if more people show up, then uh, we're currently set up for 100 uh, because that's normally how many veterans, uh, between 85 and 100 veterans show up at our seminars. But if we have uh, more show up, uh, we can uh, we can get some more chairs uh, to put in there.
0: Well, I'm hoping we can get the 200. I want the 200. Yeah, I I, want to see a double, a double or nothing on this. I mean, it's been a radical change the last two years and polls are showing it. And I hope that the polls aren't wrong and the veterans will show up and confirm those numbers. But we're going to go into our second sponsor break here at the lone star collective i'm your host jesse williams joined with co-host austin zamheri our guests this week lisa bueno and david bass we will be right back after this sponsor messages
4: Austinite Cannabis Company is an Austin, Texas locally owned and family operated producer and seller of handcrafted cannabis products such as CBD, CBG, CBN, and Delta 8 made from hemp in Austin, Texas. Their selection of products includes beauty products, concentrates, edibles, merch, pet supplies, pre-rolls, tinctures, topicals, and accessories. For more information, visit austinitecannabis.co or you can visit their storefront location at 2009 East Cesar Chavez Street in Austin, Texas.
0: Texas Cannabis Collective now has a Patreon account for those looking to make recurring donations to the nonprofit and advance cannabis legalization in the state of Texas. Perks include having your name on the credits of our podcast videos, access to exclusive content online, shout outs on the recording of the podcast and the title of being cool like that, Basic perks cost less than one cup of Starbucks a month and help to make a change in Texas. Visit patreon.com forward slash TX Cannabis Collective for more information.
4: Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective podcast, distributed on Spotify,
2: iTunes, Google Podcasts, Facebook, and much more
1: to give Texans information regarding policy, industry, and culture. Here is this week's host, Jesse Williams
3: and Austin Sam
5: Hariri mm
0: Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. This is episode thirty-one. I'm joined by co-host Austin Samareri. This week our guests is David Bass and Lisa Bueno. We're talking about the Texas Veterans Medical Cannabis Conference taking place April sixteenth, starting at ten thirty A.M. at the Kaleen Civic Conference Center. It's gonna we're gonna pack this place. Yes.
1: Oh yeah. yeah.
0: I'm gonna be I'm oh, gonna I'm gonna be disappointed Go if we don't <laughs>
1: <laughs> well hopefully um you know uh, and, and what's great here is i'm not even a veteran right but i've always believed as a civilian it's our duty to uh help serve with our other veterans that are out there and uh it's just it's been such an honor over the years to um, you know uh connect other veterans and um You know, now we're getting veterans into the Texas Compassionate Use Program. And I know David and and Lisa can both testify to uh, the growth of what's happening. All three of you, in fact, were part of the Compassionate Cultivation um, Study. And so uh, it's it's really just been such an awesome experience to see our veterans starting to get access. Uh, We're not completely there yet. We still have a tremendous amount of work to do. Um, But, um, you know, I'd like to hear from both David and Lisa on their experiences uh, with compassionate use and and how that has impacted their day-to-day lives. We'll start with you, David, first.
3: Well, on September 1st, I became a uh, legal medical cannabis patient in Texas uh, for post-traumatic stress disorder. I also qualified for cancer. Uh, And I started using these uh, Texas original gummies uh, one-to-one in the day, which is five milligrams of CBD, five milligrams of THC, and uh, zero to one in the evening, um, 10 milligrams of THC. Uh, And I've been using uh, flour, uh, vaping uh, a half a gram of good, nice flour. In my PAX vaporizer, three times a day, ever since uh, 2012. Uh, so I was uh, I was um, went went into this with some trepidation because I knew my three uh, half half uh, half gram doses of um, cannabis flower each day in my PAX vaporizer worked perfectly, and now I was getting ready to change my regimen. Uh, to these gummies, uh, but it was a very smooth transition. They're, they're just little edibles. That's what they are. And uh, the, the plants uh, that uh, produce the THC are real cannabis plants with no THC limit. Uh, and so basically, I went from primarily using flour uh, to using these little edibles, uh, and it was a smooth transition. It, the, the gummies work just as good as the flower, but um, the medicine is too expensive, it's too difficult for uh, patients and veterans uh, to get access, uh, and we want flower. Uh, so there's there's no reason why Texas OG and Good Blend, that they're growing fantastic plants, uh, really wonderful uh, cannabis plants here in Texas, and we want them to be able to sell that flour uh, to, to patients and veterans in Texas. Uh, so we're never going to stop working uh, until we all have access to flour uh, through the medical cannabis program. And the prices are reasonable and
1: access is easy. Lisa, how about you? Uh, you in fact, uh, you, you work for Go Blend, am I correct? That
2: is correct.
1: Total, totally.
2: Oh, so yeah, I, uh, I'm on the production team at Good Blend, so I get to help make all the products. Um, so it's pretty fun. I get to work uh, hands-on every day with the dummies, uh, the tinctures, our, our lotions, our drinks, everything that we make. Um, and last week, which was really fun, uh, my favorite part so far, I got to uh, take part in my first harvest. So that was awesome. Pounds of, I mean, pounds of awesome, just beautiful cannabis that we can't smoke. uh yeah it was actually a little heartbreaking while we were harvesting it because we're not harvesting you know to make it pretty so we're literally just shucking these nice beautiful buds off the stalk uh to to get some oil out of but yes um beautiful cannabis and yeah we um definitely need a whole plant here in texas uh that's one of the things that i um that i know i need personally i mean i'm sitting here smoking a joint now this whole time um i i smoke flower all throughout the day still um i do use the teacup meds. still um they just don't have the same effect on me as flower does um for one uh i get a lot of nausea so a tincture a gummy is not i don't want to put, you know, I don't want to have anything. I don't want to ingest anything when I'm nauseous. It's it's easier to to smoke something. Um, it 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 has helped though. Um, I was very very skeptical going into to the study in the beginning uh, with the with the compassionate program. Um, like I'm am a heavy flower smoker. I'll smoke um, and up to an ounce a week usually. Um, so going in, I wasn't, you know. I, I, I wasn't convinced, you know, that, that this stuff would work right away, but literally I became a believer overnight when I took the, uh, I'm the opposite of Dave. Like I have to use the one, the one-to-one for me makes me sleepy. I, I use that one at, at nighttime. Um, mainly with CBD makes me a little drowsy. Uh, so I took, um, I believe it was four mils of that one-to-one that first night. And I had the best sleep that I've had in years. And for me, um, I know it's not just me, You know, PT, it comes with PTSD, nightmares, um, their night terrors are huge. Um, and that's, uh, I can't remember that it, it had been a long time since I had gone without, uh, nightmares. I, uh, and so that, that first night I had the most amazing sleep. And so from then on, I was like, all right, maybe this, maybe this stuff is legit. Maybe, you know, this, this 1%, uh, the cap that yeah it it, maybe we should give it a chance and and not knock it you know before you actually try it um so yeah so I use um use the tinctures um primarily from the get-go um they they work it's just I I have to use so much and when you're taking you know five droppers of oil at a time it's 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 not good um uh so I still heavily use flour um although um now with uh with good blend i have been using more of our products um the what helps in getting that employee discount because like dave said the, <laughs> <laughs> the prices are outrageous um after you know i wasn't sure if i was going to be able to, to fully participate in the program because of the cost and i know my situation is not unique um so it's definitely something that that needs to be addressed. Uh, I was just packing uh, orders today and to see some of the, the, the receipts it's, it's heartbreaking. Like, I don't know how these people are doing it. I mean, a thousand dollars easily, easily. And it's, you know, it's, I. um, so if I didn't, I don't know, if, if I didn't have that employee discount, I wouldn't be able to take advantage of the program like I do. Um, so I'm definitely grateful for that. So on, on top of loving my job, I also get that, that nice discount.
0: and i'm i'm personally in the position where i had done flour before i'd been using flour i got to the point where i could not risk it anymore because i've got a child and i could not risk having issues with the state and i'd been to legal states i'd been out to colorado and had tried legal product out there and i was under this presumption that edibles did not really work for me because I went out there and practically ate a chocolate bar and got nothing out of it. And I was sorely disappointed. And when I got into the medical program September last year, I David, September 1st, and I pick up my, my script. It was something where I was like, wow, I can actually feel this. I can feel the difference on this product. And I started realizing, man, I've just had garbage edibles in the past. And it really is this big difference between five, six years ago when edibles were coming on the market, let's say seven or eight years ago, legal edibles were hitting versus actual medical product. And I never could understand that argument for the longest time of why people were so upset about the legal rec market versus medical. And then I saw that quality that you get out of a medical program. And then I started seeing the rec market started to actually catch up with that. But then, like Lisa said, it's, it's cost. It's, it's insane because it's, what, 300 milligrams is usually what's typical in a bottle in the state for, yeah, our, yeah. for the zero to one? A 30-milliliter bottle. About
2: 30 milliliters, yeah.
0: And you get 300 milligrams. And as opposed to right now or even under our own hemp program, you can buy 500 milligrams for 600 bucks under the hemp program and get it in gummies. So... Yeah, it's like like David said, we we've gotta we've gotta provide more access so we can get this cost driven down.
1: Right. And 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 also to touch on on David's point about access to flour. Um, and I know it's hard to it's kind of you know, we've been taught for so long the idea of smoking is not healthy for you, it's not good for you. Um and uh, to a degree, yes, that's true. However, inhalation of cannabis vapor and smoke. Um, that hits the bloodstream a lot faster than ingesting it, right? And so, um, you know, and I remember Dr. Brimberry when we were at the uh, policy conference in at Texas a and uh, I, I just definitely remember how he was very much in support of smokables because, uh, you know, he has patients that will wake up from night terrors in the middle of the night. And why should they take a gummy that's going to take 30, 45 minutes to take effect when they can take a, a vaporizer and, and have that effect in, in, in minutes or less? And so um, the idea of smokables is something I think is a – a barrier that we're going to have to continue to, to fight because just this idea, you know, we've been taught for so long, just it's been ingrained that smoking isn't healthy. Uh, So when it comes to ingesting and inhaling cannabis vapor, that is just something that we're going to have to bring more data, more facts um, and show more research on and how that's helping patients. Do you guys have any opinions on that?
2: Oh, I agree 100%. Um, I mean, I, I always, always um, have something next to me to smoke, especially at nighttime. Um, I don't, you know, it, it's very rare that I wake up from nightmares um, now. But on the occasion that I do or uh, now what wakes me up most of the time are my dogs, <laughs> uh, uh-huh. my dog and my dogs are getting old. They wake me up to go out in the middle of the night now. Uh, so when that happens and I need to go back to sleep, you know, I, I keep I keep a pipe next to my bed. I take a couple of hits off my pipe and I go back to sleep, whereas before I, you know, I would be up the, re- you know, the rest of the night. Um, so uh, definitely agree that we need flour and that uh, we need the education, education, just. Uh, across the board. Um, one thing that I, um, I've really learned uh, that I'm really seeing working over at, at Good Blend is just seeing um, it, patients need to be educated. Doctors really need to be educated. Um, seeing the way that that scripts are written, it's wow. Um, definitely we need some uh, doctor education there. Um, I think they, uh, we need more like Dr. Brimberry. Uh, leading the way. I really like that he's going out there and trying to, um, you know, take the lead and educate more of these doctors. um, So respect for what he does.
3: Yeah, I think that um, a key objective uh, in 2023, probably the number one objective uh, with our legislators is to get rid of the THC cap of 1% by weight and convince our legislators to let doctors decide the dosage uh, under the compassionate use program, just like they do with any other medication. And then if we can get rid of the THC cap uh, then, and I spoke to Morris Stenton at Texas OG about this, and he he is 100% in agreement. If we can get rid of the THC cap, then we can have vaped products. And uh, the vape products do not have the stigma like Flour does, and all of these uh, CBD vape products is helping take away the stigma. Uh, And so uh, I believe, along with Morris, that first uh, we get vape products into the compassionate use program, and then Flour
1: will follow uh, shortly after. And that's what's so crazy right now about the compassionate use program is that we're technically starting with felonies first, right? Yeah products of felonies on the black market right and flour is just a class b misdemeanor and <laughs> we're starting with felonies and working our way backwards, backwards. yeah um That's you true. know it's 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 uh it's texas texas and, and what i like to remind people is that texas is the long game we are very old school in this state we have uh, our legislature meets only once every two years for 140 days. And to be honest with you, the first six weeks of the legislature is not a lot of action. <laughs> a lot of times they're still trying to find where their offices are. So we have a for 29, almost 30 million people in this state, we, we have a very tight legislative window to get all of the issues in Texas for a couple of years. And so it's a very difficult process. Um you know, and it, it, we we have a lot of work to do. It's funny because we were talking about legislators. My legislator is Representative Stephanie Click, who is the author of the Compassionate Use Act, and she's in a tight runoff right now in her district. So um, I never, I never in my wildest dreams imagined that I would be voting for her twice in one. You know, <laughs> Election cycle, but um, her opponent is is a very big, heavy law enforcement guy. He's mm-hmm. he's former law enforcement and doesn't know anything about the compassionate use program. And so, um, you know, my work here in my own district 91 is to to see if we can bring back Representative Click because I do think that she has been open. You know, when she introduced uh, 15 25. It uh, it was originally a five percent THC cap, right? And it included chronic pain, so it was a far more progressive bill than what ended up getting passed. So we do, um, you know, from the from who I like to call the the queen, the 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 mother of medical marijuana in Texas, Representative Click. Uh, she can accept that title or not. But she has been the one who's been able to get legis- uh, legislation across the finish line, past Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick to uh, Governor Abbott and into law three times. So um, hopefully we can get her back in and uh, we can have that conversation. I think she's more open to the ideas of flour. She's open to the ideas of smokable. She's open to the idea of um. Of, of the THC cap and, and, and maybe where that goes. Uh, and I think the evidence was there back in 2021. So uh, we, do, we do have a lot of work to do. Uh, and first we have to get through these elections. And then once November comes and we know who's back in play, uh, then we can really move forward with a strategy. But the work starts now. And I think David, I think uh, Jesse, Lisa, you all will agree that the work starts now and it starts with this conference, which is opening the idea that um, veterans can get access now um, and that uh, we uh, we can start the healing process now. And if everybody's ready to get involved, then we can make tremendous progress in 2023. What do you guys think?
3: Absolutely, and uh, one of our speakers at the veteran conference is Jax James from the National Organization to Reform Marijuana Law, and Jax will discuss our uh, strategy and tactics for 2023. So I'm really excited uh, to listen to Jax's insights uh, about uh, how we how we are going to approach uh, the legislative session in 2023, and of course we will all be advocating for three areas of marijuana uh, reform in Texas. We'll be advocating for a whole plant medical cannabis program. We'll be advocating for penalty reduction bills. And as always, we will be looking our legislators in the eyes and saying, we need to end prohibition in Texas. That is the right and just thing to do.
0: Something uh, personally that's been on, my mind, and it goes into what you were talking about earlier, David, with the the vape leading to flower, and it's something I've been trying to present to pretty much anybody listen or could understand. And I realize the beans were doing a video, what I could actually explain it a lot easier is this is a nebulizer device, and for those who are listening to the podcast, you can go on YouTube and find our our videos of these podcasts. But this is a nebulizer device; a little air hose hooks to the bottom of it. And it basically turns a liquid solution into a vapor without using heat. And as far as I know right now, nothing in the Compassionate Use Program says we can't use nebulizer treatments as an inhalant. It says we can't burn it, it can't be ignited by flame, but nothing says about doing it this method. And apparently, there have been people who have found ways to make nebulizer treatments out of this. So I'm hoping we can get Good Blend and Texas Compassionate Original Cultivation to to come up with some version of this to show that like inhalants aren't this evil item and then it leads into well it's a lot cheaper and easier if we use vapes and then they realize none of this is the danger it is as long as we keep this properly regulated and we can move into full flower.
2: Yeah and uh, uh one of the issues with the nebulizer um actually that um that actually is something that that uh I've I've heard about before and it's the the THC cap. You know, it's it's hard to fit that uh, you know the, the amount of THC into such a light product. A dry um, it's concentrated right with the dry weight. So that's where we run into the issue with that. And the dosing, the way that the doctors have to write the prescriptions, it's harder for them to write a prescription uh, if you're doing something like a powder or a liquid um, which um, there are some that are, are alcohol based. And I've I've t- uh, inhaled some of those, like taken a whiff of some, and that's not something that you want to uh, that you want to be you know inhaling in a nebulizer for sure. So there, if we get that that the THC cap lifted, and you know, and we can work on the the by weight that the you know that the nebulizer could be you know a, a feasible option in the future.
0: Well, I did also want to show because I, I have I have I do nebulizer treatments. This is a two milliliter vial and they put 0.5 milligrams into a little two milliliter vial. And I wound up having to take another one milligram, another point five with one uh one milliliter. So definitely within that device, I'd say where our caps are right now, we would probably get the typical dosage we're seeing, but yeah the cap would definitely have to be raised a little bit to be way more effective compared to vaping.
2: That and the way that uh, doctors have to write the scripts. That's a big, that's a big factor too. Well,
0: are there any final notes that y'all want to put out about this conference? Something that's been on your mind that you want to talk about as we wrap this up?
3: Well, I'm really excited that Dr. Brimberry uh, will be one of our speakers and he will explain exactly how cannabis helps post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, Dr. Wendy Askew, uh, an Air Force veteran, uh, will discuss hemp derivatives uh, and explain Delta-8, uh, Delta-9, Delta uh, and how these products are being used as medicine in Texas. Uh, and I'm, I'm real excited because Ian ben U.S. Army veteran, uh, will uh, give us a tutorial on entheogenic medicine, and explain House Bill eighteen oh two, the psilocybin research bill, uh, and so we have some veterans who are going to bring some some extreme wonderful knowledge uh, to our attendees about cannabis, about hemp derivatives, and about entheogenic
0: medicine. Anything you want to yeah. add, Lisa?
2: Um, I just want to say, come out come out and, and learn, come see what it's all about. Um, this will be a learning experience for me. This is going to be my first conference. Um, I'd like to say, I, I'm I'm still in my rookie season, um, in the cannabis game, uh, you know, um, so come out, learn, learn with me. Um, and then let's, uh, you know, so then we can go educate everybody else.
1: Yeah. It's going to be fantastic. We're going to, and not just that, but there's a cannabis cup that's happening later that afternoon, uh, which David, I believe you've been able to lock in. Any veteran, if you're traveling towards Austin and you want to go to the Cannabis Cup, um, they get free access. Can you expound on that?
3: Yes, uh, our, our our good friend uh, who is uh, uh, sponsoring this hemp event in Austin uh, has said that uh, it's Robert Flores, right? Uh, um, Robert Ramirez. Um, Robert Ramirez. Thank you, Robert Ramirez said. Dave, you tell the veterans at that conference that if they want to come down to uh, Austin after the cannabis, medical cannabis event, to our hemp event, uh, they'll get a free general admission ticket. Uh, And so we really appreciate Robert doing this. Uh, And so as soon as our medical cannabis conference is over, uh, we're all going to jump in our vehicles and head down to Austin and uh, attend a, a fantastic Uh, hemp event uh, with a whole lot of uh, uh, CBD products, uh, hemp knowledge, uh, sponsored by our good friend uh,
0: Robert Ramirez. Well, thank you for that information. For anybody looking for more information about the event, wanting to show that they're supporting it right now, online right now, Texas Veterans for Medical Marijuana can be found at Texas, Texas spelled out vets for mmj that's on facebook and veterans educating texans coalition the vet coalition can be found at txvetco.org. there's a press release there you can see the speakers their backgrounds what we're discussing See david wrote up a great press release we posted that up we post up the flyer there you can find more information on those two locations that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the lone star collective this was episode 31 our guest, David Bass, Lisa Bueno. I'm joined by co host Austin Zamharari. We hope everybody has a great week and we want to see you at this conference. Tell a veteran, be there, be there, be square. We love y'all. Peace. Adios.
5: She is watching the detectives. Ooh, so cute? Watching the detectives when they shoot, 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 they beat him up until the teardrop starts.